for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good afternoon everyone, this is Mary Woods and I hope wherever you are, it's a very warm March Monday. It is not in New Hampshire and I understand that's not in Pennsylvania either, but welcome um, we've got a great hour. Um, I'm very excited to share this hour with you and with our guest, Mark Reinhardt, who is a practitioner of um, Qigong. And our show today is going to be about um, Qigong and Chinese medicine and how that relates to recovery and how creativity rates, uh, relates to recovery. And Mark is a fifth-generation student practitioner teacher of the Yang family, Mark, help me with this. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Yang style Tai Chi Chuan, uh, and many different various Qigong styles, and music, and basically all the creative, energetic arts. I've been practicing them for the balance of my life. And you also have um, been involved with the uh, Henan University of Traditional Chinese Medicine, and you have extensive and ongoing training in Chinese herbal and dietary medicine, essential oils, classical and traditional Chinese medicine, as well as neuromuscular therapy. Um, you're a professional member of the National Qigong Association and is currently serving as its president. You're a re- regular presenter at the National Qigong Association's national conferences, and you teach extensively working with support groups and hospital-affiliated organizations. You also have a book, Tune Up, You're On in 10 Minutes, which was published in 2004, and you are currently living in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And I must also say that you are, you're an amazing musician and um, have also been a professional musician working with Jay and the Americans, right? Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. I've been playing music longer than I'd care to admit, but... <laughs> Um, which I think is really exciting. Uh, I guess, could you give us a little background on how you got, first of all, about how you got interested in working in the addiction profession and um, and then how you kind of got into the Chinese, um, I don't want to say alternative, but the Chinese. Complementary. We like complimentary. to refer to complimentary. Complimentary. Thank you. Complimentary uh, medicine and Qigong. Sure. Sure. Well, it all started out when I picked up my guitar for the first time. Uh, no, I've been playing music since I, oh, age five I started. Um, and it's always been an energetic cultivation. I, early on, I kind of came to the conclusion or the understanding that if you want to accomplish something, you really got to work on it, hence the practice. Okay? And that starts to develop the, create, you know, the creative aspect of things. 
And as I went through life playing music, there was always a fascination with the Asian culture, the Asian arts, and so I started studying the external martial arts, as most young young people do. They start one punching and kicking and hitting everything, but then there was something deeper to it, and there was such a parallel between the arts, the cultivation arts, because it's basically practice, and it really pulls you into your core, per se, you know, where you're actually, you're working with yourself, and it's a lot of cultivation on yourself. You, you really come to the realization early on that your progress is up to you, and a lot of times in the recovery field, the one thing that a lot of people have to get over the fact is, you know, the old poor me thing. No, everything that goes on is your responsibility. How you frame the world around you basically creates how you're going to move through that world. So music is a very, very, any one of the arts, any one of the practitioners, you know, the practices of an art will do that for you. It roots you. The physical arts, the Chinese medical approach, is a very elegant system because it works on all the levels. In other words, you hear nowadays everything is body, mind, and spirit. Okay, everybody's talking about that. In the classical and traditional Chinese medicine approach, we never separated those. And you can parallel that in music. You need to address the physical level because as the physical level, as you develop that, then your energy starts to flow. And then as your energy starts to flow more effectively, all of a sudden your shen or your spirit opens up. And it really, it really calms you down to get to see how things really are around you without adding all the crap we tend to add to things. And that's usually the problem in, in any kind of addictive disorder. Your view of the world is basically skewed, but that's how you live it then. You look at it like any kind of addictive disorder, and it's really not about drugs and alcohol anymore. It's more of a mindset. I mean, there you can see addictive practices all over the place. I mean, handheld technology, eating, cutting, shopping, name it. But the, order, the disorder is kind of the same. So it's how do you get to address that? And I kind of saw that through the Chinese arts and the Chinese philosophy, combined with the 12-step program. The 12-step um, program is excellent. I, I kind of want to go back to what you were saying sure. between um, tying the, the similarity between music mm-hmm. and uh, the Chinese um, practices, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't quite get the bridge. Well, in the, in the physical, uh, when you're playing music, your first step, I mean, if you want to use the reference of the body, mind, and spirit, in other words, the Chinese tradition, we exist on three different levels. We exist physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level, and they all work in consort. So when you do a treatment, you need to address all three of those levels. Practicing an art does that because the first step of any art, be it music or be it movement arts, such as Qigong or Tai Chi or any martial art, you've got to work with your physical structure first. You have to learn how to hold the instrument. How do I work this? What's my posture like? And it's the same thing in the arts. How are you moving? How are you standing? I incorporate that into the fourth step, you know, to take the inventory. Well, are you taking a physical inventory, too? What's your posture like? You know, awareness of your posture, basically you can change your body chemistry. You've seen this time and time again where you can tell what somebody's thinking by the way they hold themselves. You know, if you're depressed or something, they always suggest, all right, sit up straight. You know, keep your eyes level and take a deep breath. That changes your mindset. 
So the physical level, that's where the parallel starts there. Am I explaining that okay for you? Yeah, that's pretty fascinating, actually. Yeah. Um, it's so simple. It really is. It's simple, but, you know, when, when you're working with these things, you basically have the four stages of learning. You've probably heard of these. It's, it's like the first stage of anything is your unconscious incompetence. Okay, so the first stage is you have no idea you're doing something wrong. Some people refer to that as you don't know what you don't know. Like, for example, you don't know you're standing, you know how you're standing. You don't know that your posture is lousy. So that's the first stage. The second stage, you move into conscious incompetence. It's been pointed out to you. You know, somebody will say, hey, do you realize that you're always, like, looking down when you walk? Do you realize your shoulders are always rounded up? You know, do you realize that? So all of a sudden, it's been pointed out. The third stage is where it's probably the most difficult, is the conscious incompetence. So you have to walk around, be conscious of what you're doing, and change it all the time. And this could tie into the people, places, and things kind of things, all your triggers. You know, when you're walking, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I've got to keep my eyes level. Oh, wait, keep my shoulders back. Well, I'm breathing from my chest again. Or else I'm, oh, wait a minute, my hand, my thumb's coming around on my guitar neck. <laughs> and on and on. So you become very cognizant of everything you do. This is the mindfulness that you need to use to go through your daily life, regardless of recovery or anything. This is where you know you get into the concept of effective living, your mindfulness of your activities. And then your fourth stage is unconscious competence. You've retrained these, these behaviors and patterns to the point where they're new. And now they, they're, they're in place as something that now you can do. Now you're used to walking. I think it takes 21 days, supposedly, to create a new behavior. Right. So that's where that, the parallels are very interesting. And it's just basically it's taking a lot of the information that's already been established and accepted in the disciplines and just applying them to each other. Does um, does this make you a better musician? Sure. And does being a musician make it easier to practice Chinese arts? Yep, because they're the same. You're working with energy. You're just using different mediums of how you're how you're manifesting. And like I said, it, it, when it gets to the the uh, the other levels of after you've really really learned how to work an instrument, I I don't like to use the word mastered. As a matter of fact, my students I I always tell them, don't refer to me with the M word, <laughs> perpetual students. But after you've gained enough proficiency over something, it starts to flow. This is where improvisation comes in. You know, when jazz musicians get together and just play, they're not consciously thinking about what they're playing. They're letting the situation and the framework, framework of the song they're playing determine what they're going to play. A lot of times people come up and say, wow, that sounded great. I love that idea you played. And you go, what? Whoa, which idea was that? You have no idea. And this is much the same in, in Tai Chi. It's referred to push hands, where you have two people who are combining their energies and moving together. It's like a competition, but that's what's happening. At the National Qigong Association conference in uh, Monterey, um, in California, a friend of mine, Solala Toller, he does a lot of music with the bowls and the Tibetan singing bowls and everything, we, we performed together, and we basically had no idea what we were playing. We just got up there and started to, 
work with the sound. And as the sound was created, we worked with the sound that was created. I can refer to that as push ears, you know, <laughs> just listening to somebody play. We do that a lot in music. So the parallels between the disciplines are really incredible. They really are. And that's how it kind of moved this into working with people in recovery. My point on recovery is I don't look at it as recovering from something. I look at the process of recovering what you've lost, which is your sense of balance that's going to allow you to live your life and understand your curriculum of what you should be doing in this life. And does that that is like all-encompassing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's looking at your your body, mind, and your spirit. You can't separate your them. recovery. Yep, yeah. can't separate them. But we tend to do that. I mean, clinically, we tend to do that. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, sure. certainly our insurance companies do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's just. I think it's a perspective that has been allowed to manifest because you know the higher always influences lower. Okay. The way you view your life is the way you're going to live your life. Like getting back to the body language again. You can watch people walk, and you can tell exactly how they view their life. You know, is everything a conflict? Are they walking around anger and rage? You can see they're all flared up. Or are they scared to death? Are they all hunched over and pulled in? Or are they depressed, head down, hanging? That's just how they're viewing their lives. You know, so this is this is how it's very important to reconnect people. But upper influence is lower. However, my contention is you have to reconnect people with their bodies first, and then you work up through the body until you get to the point where you can actually change your perspective. I mean, you can read all the books you want and talk about all this stuff. I see this all the time when I do presentations. I will ask people who are allegedly very relaxed and everything, I say, well, raise your arms. And they'll put their, invariably, they'll raise their arms, and I'll put my fingers under their wrists, and I'll just say, okay, go dead weight. And most of these people cannot release their shoulders and elbows and just hang. So my contention is, when I point it out to them, they notice, wow, I was holding tension. Exactly. But why were you putting it there? Because of your perception of the environment around you. You know, it's amazing how, you know, the way we view things, I mean, reality is 100% subjective. You know, this is where the this, this stress comes in, and this is where your perception of your reality creates the landscape that provides, that you're providing for any kind of disease. So if we're talking about, or we're talking with someone who is newly in recovery, mm-hmm. uh, maybe have just gotten out of a detox unit, um, you would suggest then you start working with the body? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to get them to stand up straight, you know, just reconnect them. Simple exercises. You know, a lot of times, basic principle in Chinese medicine is is disease is that the chi or the energy, your life force, is not flowing smoothly. Something's stuck. Anytime something's stuck, it creates problems. You know, the tension, you know, if you release the arms and, you know, shake yourself out. But it's the other process of reconnecting the person with themselves. Because too many people are in their minds all the time, you know, and it's that's why the Qigong exercises. Uh, I did an interesting little experiment with uh, Andy Pace in Little Creek Lodge, the guy up there, which is uh, Andy has been very, very helpful in bringing this 
bringing this work out. You know, I'll tell you the story about him. He was, uh, we, we worked together in a band. And I guess I will continue this possibly because I think I hear a break coming up. You do, and we'll be that? right back. If you have any questions for Mark, uh, give us a call, and we'll be right back after this commercial. to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio, because shift happens. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everybody. Today, our guest is Mark Reinhardt, who has a master's in medical Qigong and is a practitioner, and he's also a counselor for folks that have addictive disorders, and his approach to recovery is utilizing Chinese medicine, and um, certainly Qigong is, is part of what he does. If you have any questions for us or any comments, please give us a call. Before we went to break, Mark, you're going to tell us about... Um, an example of how you use this with uh, Andy Pace. Yeah, with Andy, with Andy and the guys at Little Creek. Um, Andy, way back before he built the lodge, we were working with uh, we were working with each other in a band, and he decided to build Little Creek and asked me at some point if I would like to come up and work with the guys. You know, as far as the musical thing with the Chinese medicine, I said sure, and that's I've been doing that for about eighteen months now. And it's rather interesting. We're talking about people's, you know, perception 
uh, and how we work on the physical level. So the one afternoon, I was talking, you know, for about a little longer. I noticed everybody was getting ready for a break. You can usually tell by reading the body language. People get a little antsy and the, the heads are dropping and everything. So I pushed it for about 20 more minutes. And then I finally said, okay, you guys ready for a break? And, oh, man, yeah, we're ready. I said, everybody go have a smoke now? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, no, we're going to try something different. I said, what you're experiencing right now is a message from your body saying that your energy, you've been static for too long. You need to get up. You need to move around. You probably need to hydrate. Maybe you have something to drink. You have some nice cool water or something. But basically, move. You have chosen to attach a destructive behavior to the message that the body sent you. I said, so what we're going to do is we're going to go outside and we're going to do some Qigong exercises. We're going to move around. And then we're going to come back in and assess how you feel after that. So we went outside and took them out. It was kind of chilly up here in the Pocono area. I said, no coats. We're all going outside. Move around. And with the Qigong exercises, I like to incorporate some neurologically challenging things. Okay, This is like you really have to think about how to do, like get your hands going two different directions with circles and everything. But it really pulls you in because while you're trying to do this stuff, you really can't think about anything else. So I had him out there for about 20 minutes to a half hour. We were moving around and everything, and we finally went back in, and there was a noticeable change. Even some of them said, wow, I never felt this like I'm, everything was crystal clear and everything. Now, somebody, a couple people still had to go out and have a smoke, but not everybody. So once again, it's just these little reconnecting people with their bodies. You know, so that's where the Qigong exercise is because it actually moves if we overthink things, all too often we kind of like paralyze ourselves in our thoughts. And that's when you start dwelling into the whole creation of psychological time, you know, the past, the future, what am I going to do? So I always kind of follow the advice of one of the gods of Chinese medicine, as they referred to it, Sun Tzu Mao, who was a doctor in the Tang Dynasty, he was the first one to have practitioners start having their patients focus on what is right in their life, not what's wrong. You know, because what do you do? Are you supporting the illness or are you supporting your healing by the way you think? So I have these guys, I said, look around. What's right with your life right now? Everybody ate. You have a beautiful place to stay in. So if you can keep people present like that, you know, the, you know where you are at that moment, without dropping back into the dysfunctional past or the uncertain future because those two concepts can only exist in the present. So if you can keep yourself focused on where you are at every moment, it gets back to the mindfulness. That's, um, that really requires practice. Exactly. And that's exactly what life is, practice. <laughs> And this gets into the concept of this is where I tie in the whole concept of a higher power because a lot of people have a hard hard time accessing that, depending on how they were you know spiritually trained in the earlier. But one of the easiest ways to access the concept of a higher power is your breath. You know, I always ask the question: Is so, so? Let me get this straight: Are you consciously breathing? In other words, are you sitting there going, "Oh, time to inhale." Oh, time to exhale. If we had to do that, <laughs> we would be in pretty sad shape right now. 
But and I even I even asked the guys, okay, you just ate. So were you consciously breaking down all of these foods into the proteins, fats, carbohydrates, the digestive enzymes, and assigning it? No. That is your connection with your higher power, probably your breath. It's the spark that is keeping you alive. It's keeping you moving. So if you ever want to access the higher power, shut your mind down and start breathing. Follow your breath. As a matter of fact, um, I have the 12 steps written out as a Qigong exercise, as a Qigong meditation, where you actually do a movement and a breath, and you, I have the, the 12 steps broken into inhales and exhales. So you think about it part of the first half of a step while you're inhaling and moving, and then the second half on your exhale. Very similar to Wayne Dyer's, and then you focus on the space in between the inhales and exhales. So it's tying all aspects in together, because if you're doing a physical movement... You're working on the physical level. You're f- focusing on your alignment. You're doing your breath work, okay? And then you're also doing your spiritual work. So it's a very, it, it, you incorporate all three levels. And that's, from the Chinese perspective, you need to treat all those three levels or you're not getting a complete, complete treatment. You know, it's pretty fascinating because everything you're describing um if you if you look at from the Western perspective, you're talking about strength-based approach to treatment. Mm-hmm. You're talking about mindfulness. You're talking about um, cognitive reframing and cognitive restructuring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, the names are different, but the principles are the same. Right, and the beautiful thing about the, from my, from my opinion, with the um, Chinese arts is you can do them all simultaneously in one exercise in one approach, you know. And then you can take the energetic level as you're moving. You know, when you learn to release your excess tension in your body, when you start on the physical level, you release excess tension, okay. And when you start to release the excess tension, all of a sudden the chi or the energy starts to flow, flow more smoothly and you start enjoying a little better health. You feel better. And then as you start to feel better, your Shen level, your spiritual level opens up as you, re- as you learn how to release excess mental tension. And then you start to be able to see things the way they really are without adding all the crap <laughs> to it that usually the ego does and it's all their survival-based stuff and that, that brings into it. It's like the metaphor would be doing a meditation exercise and allowing the ripples on the surface of the water to calm until you can really see the reflection of the moon. And that's, that's the moon's out there. You know, your curriculum, what you should be doing in this life, it's there for you. It's just you have to allow the ripples on the surface of your lake to calm down so you can actually see it. And, it, and for a lot of folks, that's really hard because... Oh, yeah, definitely. We're it's so work. Tuned, I mean, we're over-tuned in to... Sure. Um, you know, sure. I... I but you, you just can't get away from anything anymore. <laughs> it's practice. Well, it's a choice. I mean, you really, as you start to release a lot of this stuff, the the knowledge of the fact that you have more choice over your life than you think you do. Uh, one of the, the easiest ways to practice these, not the easiest ways, but I mean a good start, is some of these Qigong exercises are very simple. They're very short and they're very simple. And I always tell the guys while they're working with this, you're going to hit a point where you start doing a movement, all right? And you might go through one or two breaths, and it's like 
Then all of a sudden, it's like, ah, the heck with this. I can't do this. I need to break it. And I said, that is the seed of your addiction. That little thing that makes you run away from whatever it is you're doing at that moment. Because that's what determines your coping devices. You know, basically, if you look at, like, addictive disorders, it's kind of like a combination of the pleasure-pain principle and the gate principle. Okay, pleasure-pain, you know, you're going to tend to repeat something with a pleasurable outcome and avoid things with a painful outcome. And then your gate principle is acute pain always supersedes chronic pain. So, in other words, you have chronic low back pain and you slam your hand in a car door, you're not going to feel your chronic low back pain. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be right back uh, with more with Mark Reinhardt after this commercial break. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary Woods, and our guest today is Mark Reinhardt who is talking to us about um, a different path toward recovery, and that's using Chinese medicine and Qigong, uh, along with um, 
some herbal and dietary medicine and essential oils and um, neuromuscular therapy. I think it would be interesting, at least for me, I hope it is for everybody else, to talk about the Chinese approach to diet. Okay. Uh, There's a couple different systems. Uh, Probably the most predominant one is called the five-element system, the five phases. And that's a series of correspondences. It's like, I guess the best way I usually describe this, it's like the Chinese uh, rock-paper-scissors system. (laughs) In other words, you have five different stages of change. All right, The first is called the wood phase, and that's associated with the liver and the gallbladder. And then wood will feed the fire phase. Fire is associated with the heart, the small intestine. And then the fire burns and produces earth, and that's your stomach and spleen. Then from the earth metal comes out. So metal is your lung and your large intestine. And when you extract metal from the earth, it perspires when it hits the air and produces water. And that's your kidneys and bladder. And then the water falls back into the earth and produces wood. That's called the creative cycle or the engendering cycle. You also have another one. It's called the controlling cycle, where wood would break apart the earth with its roots. The earth would dam the water. Water will put out fire, fire melts metal, and metal chops wood. So that's the five-element system. Now, they all have their tastes. Usually people with addictive disorders, their livers are pretty much shot. Okay, So the liver feeds the blood to the heart. So the negative emotion with the liver is anger and rage. Most people have a lot of anger and rage issues. So, in other words the heat that that produces not nourishing the heart. So the heart, there's a lot of nervousness and tensiousness and anxiety. Plus, the liver, wood, affects the earth, which is your stomach and spleen. So that also causes lousy digestion. So it's kind of like a little template where you can see how all these, uh, these problems are affecting the whole body. So you would tonify these different areas. In other words, there's certain foods that will that will harmonize the liver or else to calm to calm down the liver and then harmonize the stomach. Such as well, it depends on the person. See, there's there's different that's the thing about Chinese medicine is you really there's no one size fits all and you have to treat what's in front of you. So to do a diagnosis. Now in the traditional in the traditional sense of the Chinese medical system, the original Bansao, which they call it, the Materia Medica of Herbs. So the first classification was by taste, and they assigned certain tastes to certain organs. So the taste for the liver is sour, okay? The taste for the heart is bitter. The taste for the stomach and spleen is sweet. The lungs is spicy. And then water element, the kidneys, is salty. A little bit of that taste supports too much of it, damages it. So the sweet taste, for example. If you add a little sweetness to uh, something, it, it tonifies the stomach. It harmonizes it. But if you have too much, it can damage the stomach. Just look around at 80% of the people out there these days. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's an elegant system, but it, it really, you have to do this per person. You know, because you can't just say, okay, everybody cut this out of their diet, or else everybody just eat some of this, but don't eat any of that, because it doesn't work. You know, this is why it's very important to see who's in front of you and work with individuals. 
So how do you know it's working with somebody? Is it by how they feel? Is it by how, by the energy level? You can ask uh, as far as their sleep sleep patterns. How are they resting? Uh, the other thing is the diagnosis of uh, their biomechanics. How are they moving? How are they processing information? You know, when they're learning something, what's their concentration like? Has that enhanced? Um, tongue. The diagnosis. They're reading a tongue. If you know how to read a tongue, that tells you basically what's going on in the body right away. Attitudes. I mean, it all manifests. Each each one of these organ systems also has a corresponding positive and negative emotion. Like like we were talking about the liver. The the acquired emotion in the liver is anger and rage and everything. And then the congenital emotion, in other words, the gift that was given to that organ system is kindness and benevolence. So if you notice somebody who is very, very angry all the time, all of a sudden starting to calm down. You know, you can tell, okay, maybe the, the liver is starting to become supported, and that in turn supports the heart. They become a little more compassionate, a little less nervous. So there's a lot of different ways to... It's a, it's a wonderful system because it allows you to observe uh, change on a whole bunch of different levels. And at what point does this help with, like, um, like relapse or... Um, People who are really like struggling have multiple um, attempts at being sober and um, can't quite ever put very much time together. Well, it, once again, that's another you know per case situation. Um, you would have to look at it as how are how are those persons implementing their programs? You know, are they practicing, or maybe the modality that they're attempting isn't isn't right for them? Maybe they should try a different approach with this instead of instead of just reading too much. I mean, it may, my contention is you need to do all of these things, and if you work on all of these levels, you're actively participating in your recovery, and you're probably going to get more effect. A lot of people would just will just read and go to meetings, but won't change their diet, or else. See, once again, it's so hard to say without seeing a per case scenario. You know, it's like practicing. If somebody isn't getting a getting something in music, okay, maybe you need to look at this a different way. And something will resonate if there is the if there is the desire. See, all of this is you need to want to have to do that. You know, you need to the desire has to be there to get better because these are all options. The work um, has to be done by the person. Right. I think. Um at Westbridge, we we use Qigong. We have somebody come in once a week, and it's really hard to get some of the guys to really engage in it. Oh, sure, sure. You know? What I usually do, <laughs> I have to get everybody's attention, especially with the guys, because categorically, women get Qigong and Tai Chi a lot better than guys do. So the way I have to get their attention is demonstrate the martial evolution of it. <laughs> You know, I just kind of like get them up there, and they always come up and go, "Oh wow, how'd you do that? Throw that punch again! Wow, that's..." <laughs> and then once you have their attention that way, it's that—that's how you have to get the guy's attention a lot of times. And then it's like, "Well, how do you, you know, can you really like kill somebody by punching them in three places?" I said, "Yeah, but why would you want to?" And that gets then that opens up the opportunity to discuss the anger and the rage thing. You know, and it's like fighting. I explained like the highest form of any martial art is never using it. You know, and the understanding you use the same energy to kill as you do to heal, but 
it's easy to kill. It's like hard to heal because you have to control. And then I usually explain that the that fighting and that anger from your liver is that's the last resort of a frightened animal is to fight. So I, you know, they're teaching moments mm-hmm. on how to on how to like redirect this and have people look at where their where their thoughts where those kind of thoughts are coming from. So in a perfect world, somebody is eating well. Um, they're they if they're involved in the twelve steps that they're mm-hmm. practicing their um, their steps. They're living their steps, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. Um, they're exercising. They're maybe doing qigong. What else would really help in terms of someone's whole recovery? A creative outlet. Okay. Inherent, I think, in our genetic makeup is the need to be creative. You have to give back something. I think even in the Bill W. said, like, you know, uh, belief or faith without works is dead. That's where, like, the you know, where you get out there and you try to teach something, you help something. You have to find something that you get creative enjoyment or satisfaction out of. So that's that's what I'd say. Like, you know, okay, playing an instrument, teaching qigong, you know, or else sharing something. You have to have some kind of creative outlet. Look at a lot of people. You see this when they when they retire. A lot of people when they retire without having a creative outlet. They worked for like 30 years and said, okay, now I'm, I'll have all the time that I want to do, you know, whatever I want to do. But if they weren't living something creatively throughout those 30 years, when it comes time to retire and they have this huge chunk of time on their hands, they usually die within a couple of years because they don't know what to do. So you well, need to find an outlet, a passion, something you like to do. And that and could be, be art. It could be um, sports. It could be... Whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes, too, when, when people have that uh, creative connection, there's a spiritual component to that as well. That's, once again, it can't be separated. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The creative, the creativity is chi or the energy flowing through your spirit. You know, Why do you think those of us in the West want to separate it? Uh, I think it's the, nature of the, it's the nature of the Western mindset. Everything has to be compartmentalized. If you look at Western medicine, Western medicine is pretty much a reductionist system. In other words, you look for the germ, the virus, the bacteria, find that and isolate it and then treat that. Whereas the Chinese medical approach is we look at the landscape. What kind of landscape are you providing for pathogenic factors? What kind of landscape are you providing for pathology? I mean, very often you see in like the situations of cancer, the spontaneous remissions. What happens at that point is somebody just changes the energetic landscape of their body and said, enough, no, and it goes away. So a lot of it is landscape as opposed to, uh, and so we do that, the same thing. What's the cause of this? And then that has kind of like changed into compartmentalizing everything rather than seeing that it's all related so, yeah, I know. Um, people are masters at compartmentalism. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and it's been my experience, the people who do it the best struggle the most in recovery. Sure. Sure, they're pros at it. They they cannot connect the dots. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That, oh, for the creative outlet, basically, I just, you know, your theme music. My, my good friend John McAndrew, 
<laughs> we worked we worked together a couple times. Uh, this between Andy Pace, Cece Knuckles, and John McAndrew, they're very active with getting this word out there. You know, helping me get this get the message out. John's a good example. I mean, the creativity that he has. That's just it. It's a creative outlet. I have well, a you know, I have a, a student who's who's a cutter, and she came in a couple times and she was playing this one little song over and over. She has all kinds of anger and rage management in school and all these problems. We were playing this one little song over and over. There's three notes on her guitar, and I said, "What is that?" She said, "I don't know. It's just a thing." I said, "Well, what is it?" Well, it's kind. Of, I said, "Play it." So she started playing these three notes over and over. And I started to put chord progression to it. I put a couple verses, and the change in her was incredible. Um, and we'll be right back uh, with our last segment with Mark. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call. We'll be back after this commercial break. Options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk. Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary Woods, and our guest today is Mark Reinhardt, and we're talking about um, a Chinese approach to recovery, a Chinese medicine approach to recovery, and the use of Qigong. And before we went to break, we were talking about creativity. And, you know, um, much of what Western medicine creates is this expert, um, non-expert kind of uh, dynamic between a clinician and, and, a, and a client or a participant, and, and that creates a real power differential. So the power is with the expert, and the disempowered person is the person who, quote-unquote, needs help. And I think that when people are creative and they're, they're creating something that only they can do, that's very empowering. Very and, much so. And I think there's also a very spiritual connection to that um, in the best sense of the word, that... Uh, you, you kind of get in a groove, whether it's through your art or your your music or sure. or qigong or martial arts or whatever it is you're doing, you, or if it's running, you kind of get to that that place in your brain where it's just um, it's just almost serenity. That's that's my concept or my contention. That's what recovery is. That's what you're trying to recover. Is that connection? Yeah. Is that connection with? Uh, you know, I did. Uh, training for counselors and therapists also. And the thing that I like to point across to them is my number three key scenario, that even if the counselors and the therapists need to work on yourself because you're working with another person on an energetic level, okay? It's like a calculator. If you have the number three key stuck on a calculator, no matter what procedure you perform on that calculator, the result is going to be skewed by that number three key, the stuck key. So counselors and therapists need to be very cognizant of what effect, how at peace am I? Because on some level, you're, if you have any kind of problems you're working with, that is influencing your treatment. So there's a lot of responsibility on the part of the practitioner in this case. It seems like, um, I don't have the data on this, but it seems like that there's a high rate of uh, addiction and substance use disorders in quote-unquote creative people. Well, sure, it's because it's, it's, it's an, I think it's an inability. This is where, uh, once again, my contention that Qigong is very important because you have to learn how to ground, to be grounded when you have this energy and this coming through you. Because it can be overwhelming sometimes if you don't know how to handle it. It's, it's very similar to picturing a 220 line for a washer or a dryer for, you know, the dryer cable, that electricity going through a lamp cord. That's why some people can't handle it. So once again, grounding, basically you're working on the physical level so you can support, so your body can support this. And it's just the understanding of it. One of the biggest things that I'd say is to keep, keep yourself present. You know, and the easiest way to do that is focus on mindful breathing you know, how are you taking your breath? Because basically your life is all the breaths you take between the first inhale when you were born and the last exhale when you die. 
It's one breath at a time. And it's an inhale and an exhale. That's the concept of yin and yang. You know, um, there are a lot of people, um, at least urban myth-wise, is that, you know, be it through art or or music, um, they get so immersed in it that they Mm -hmm. lose their wholeness, you know, that's the grounding. That's the yeah. grounding I'm talking about. Not yeah. no matter what you do, if you if you don't have a sense of grounding in what you're doing, you know, your your basically connection to reality, you can get lost. Yeah. It's the same thing on the spiritual level. You know, regardless of all three of those, you need to be you need to be grounded, your energy needs to flow, and you have to need to have a spiritual connection. Once again, the threes. Yeah. How how did you decide to go from being, um, you know, a, a fully functioning musician that was getting paid to teaching Qigong and getting involved in helping people? Uh, basically, it's the same thing. It's the same art. Yeah. You know, I'm just it's it's just a different it's a different manipulation of energy. <laughs> Music is like sound, Qigong and Tai Chi, and helping is just a little more subtle form of energy. But it's basically the same. I, I've been a teacher all my life. I think as far as curriculum goes, that's kind of like what I do. I'm a teacher. Yeah. Just various modalities, but they're basically all the same. So we're just trying to spread the word out here, the National Qigong Association. So if people want to learn more about this kind of Chinese approach, where would it be the best place to go to learn? Start out at the NQA. I'm currently... Working uh, sitting as the president there, and I'm encouraging everybody to get involved with this. Uh, the hardest thing about uh, the hardest thing about I tell my students about qigong and everything is starting the process. It's like anything else; just get started with it. Yeah. And how would they find out? Is there a website for this? Yes, www.nqa.org. Okay. Or you can you know go through my site or. You and your up. site is. Uh, www.tuneup-yoitm.com. The website is the title of the book, Tune Up, You're On in 10 Minutes. Or they can email me at tuneup at ptd.net. I think this is all really fascinating. Um, the one part we didn't really get to cha- talk too much about, and maybe just quickly we could talk about, are the um, the Chinese herbs mm-hmm. um, and um, how effective are they with folks in, in recovery, in early recovery? That's basically the same, that would be the same principle as uh, the dietary stuff. In other words, the diagnostic thing. The herbs are classified the same way the food are. In other words, the entire Chinese medical system is classified the same way. If you understand the five elements and the organs and the tastes and the directions, so the herbs are very effective if they're used correctly. A lot of people are under the under the thought that it's like, oh, it's herbs, it's natural, it's like safe. No, you still there's still a responsibility. <laughs> you have to understand how to use them. So it's like anything else. It's Chinese herbal tradition. They were talking close to five thousand years of history. Working well, like and it's also not a magic bullet. No, nothing is. Nothing yeah. is. It's the idea is to return somebody to balance. Um, when somebody comes in, and I work with them, all I'm telling them is I'm just trying to get you back to your factory settings or your default settings, 
and then go out and live your life, you know, learn your curriculum. So it's just a matter of trying to keep people balanced or to recover their lost sense of balance and lost sense of self. Because we're all here to we're all here to experience what we're supposed to experience. I'm not trying to change anybody. I I give people the opportunity to change if they're ready to do so. Um, I think this has been a very fascinating uh, hour, and it went by really fast, Mark. And I think that um, this is something that certainly sparked my uh, interest. So uh, thank you for that. And um, you're certainly thank, welcome. Thank you for sharing this with us this week. Be glad. I'm glad for the opportunity. Trying to get the word out there to help people. Help people, give them the opportunity to help themselves. Because all work is done with the self. Okay. Um, Have a great week, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week, same time. appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your